Welcome back, everyone, to the front line with Joe and Joe. Joe Pasillo and Joe Resinello. Oh, you're exactly right, Joe. We work for the man upstairs as you do. You're setting me up quite well. You just gave me an alley-oop. The greatest revolutionary act you can commit right now is to open your mouth and speak the truth. Whether you're an academic or you're a regular guy, we have to be fearless. And once more, dear brothers and sisters, let us go into the breach. again everyone and welcome back to the front line with joe and joe joe pasillo and joe resinello and once more dear brothers and sisters let us go into the breach on the veritas catholic radio network 1350 on your am dial 103.9 on your fm dial spreading the truth of the catholic faith to the new york city metropolitan area please be sure to download the veritas catholic radio network mobile app so that you could have access to all of our station's content not just the front line with joe and joe uh, please on the website on veritascatholic.com uh, you could offer feedback on the station on all of our programming please feel free to do so and we of course would value that and finally uh if you like what joe and i do we have our social media program which uh which you can see on uh, the Frontline TV, the Frontline TV on YouTube, or our website, thefrontlinetv.com, thefrontlinetv.com. And today, we are very pleased and honored to be joined by Sonia Corbett, Bible study evangelista. Gotta love that title, all right? Now, you know she had to be on the front line with Joe and Joe. And the topic today is going to be all things Catholic and the kitchen sink. So we're going to really mix it up today. I'm sure we're going to get in some sort of trouble. Who knows? We'll find out in a, in a little bit. Now, some of you, Sonia is very popular. Uh, some of you may know Sonia. In case you do not, uh, Sonia Corbett is a Catholic author and speaker who has produced several multimedia Bible studies, including Unleashed, Fearless, and Exalted. She also created The Love, the Word Bible Study Method. We're going to get into that later on. Corbett is the host of Evangelista Bible Study, as I mentioned, on Catholic TV and the Bible Study Evangelista show on radio and podcast. She is in uh, is in formation as a third order Carmelite. Corbett is a columnist at the Great Adventure Bible Study blog and a contributor to Magnificat. A Carolina native who was raised as a Southern Baptist, Corbett attended Mitchell College and the Southern Baptist Seminary Extension before converting to Catholicism. She has since served as Director of Religious Education at St. John Vianney Catholic Church in Gallatin, Tennessee, and as executive director of Risen Radio in Lebanon, Tennessee. She lives in Tennessee with her husband, Bob, and their two sons. Sonia Corbett, welcome to the front line with Joe and Joe. Hey there. Thanks for having me. All right. Love the accent. I got it. Yeah, that was probably the first thing we probably ought to say. I'm from the South. We love the you know, South. We, we do a show <laughs> in Louisiana. Um, oh, yeah. Say channel. So we're pretty versed in uh, the Southern uh, Catholics. No question about it. <laughs> And what's funny is as, as, as Italian Catholics from, from New Jersey, right? We, you know, we hear that Southern accent. We would, we automatically think, well, oh, there's an evangelical right there. Uh, yep. uh, you know, that's our own unfortunate, the way we, we look at the world. However, though, when we're going to talk about it, I'm going to hand it over to Joe. Um, that was the case, as I mentioned briefly. All right. And then you converted, but with that, we're going to get into all that. Uh, Joe Resinello, I'm handing uh, it over to you. 
we'll start with the prayer. We always start with the prayer in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, never was it known that anyone who sought your help or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, we fly unto you, a virgin of virgins, our mother. To you we come, but for you we stand, sinful and sorrowful. O mother of the word incarnate, despise not our petitions, but in your clemency hear and answer us. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. It's funny, before the show, we were talking, Sonia said that I look like family. Uh, it's interesting because she told us that uh, her great uncle was Joe Paterno, and I have the Joe Paterno glasses, and I have the Joe Paterno profile that knows, uh, but we love Joe Paterno in my house. I actually, uh, I told you this uh, via email, I actually went out, I believe it was 95, to the uh, Rose Bowl. So, uh, big fan, I've been to... Happy Valley many times, saw many games. What was it like? You know, did you, you know, like having a great uncle like Joe Paterno, Brooklyn born, the whole deal? <clears throat> well, most of my family on that side is they're scattered everywhere. Miami, New York, Illinois, all over. But um, it was actually pretty interesting because as soon as someone ever heard my last name, they were like, are you related to Joe Paterno? <laughs> and I never, I never really thought it was that big a deal but I kept hearing it. And then, you know, I did ask my dad, I'm like, what's the deal here? And he's like, what? So yeah, it was, it was interesting just because, you know, he's so well known and I'm just really glad that people hold him in high regard still, you know, after all that, because he, um, a good, good man. Oh, I believe actually outside of that horrible incident. I mean, I'll be honest with you. He had a wonderful, uh, reputation as a very solid person. He graduated his students. Um, he was generous with his money. He, I believe he, yeah. uh, donated a library. Uh, yeah, it broke his heart. I think, I think that's part of why he died, but it was always, it was neat being related to someone so famous. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And he surely was, and he broke the mold. I think yeah. he was an intellectual, he went to Brown university. I mean, you know, he was not that like, type of court you know right you know what i'm saying Coach. yeah just so, a normal uh, guy absolutely absolutely yeah uh with that said i mean you came from as joe said uh like a southern baptist tradition um i always ask people this who come on the show we've had many uh john bergsma um particularly with the saint paul center um who you know basically came to rome uh what brought you here you know what i mean because i mean clearly i've been to tennessee um, I can remember on a Sunday, there was one mass, like, and it was Latin, you know, <laughs> I know. what I mean, at 10 o'clock on Sunday. And, you know, there is a tradition, uh, you know, as well as in North Carolina, but it's not a Catholic one. What brought you over? Well, it, the interesting thing that people really should know as a backdrop to how I came in is the fact that down here in the South, when I, I was the project manager for the only two Catholic radio stations here in our state in Tennessee, I helped build those and we had to raise money for that. And we, I learned that the Catholic population here was between one and 3% in Metro. So that's just in the cities where all the Catholics are actually concentrated out in the rural areas, there are no Catholics. <laughs> and so it was a miracle that I came into the Catholic church, especially since I am Italian and those are our roots. But 
what brought me in was our little country church, our Baptist church, it split twice. And I have what I call a father wound. And I had God's formation with me for the previous decade had involved healing from that wound in the area of submitting to proper authority. And so I had been really corrected many, many, many times and had begun the healing process in that father wound and in that authority wound. And so when I saw our church split twice, I knew how, how evil that was. Not that the people were evil themselves, but just that the enemy behind that division is just, it's so evil. It is the sin that, that split heaven. And so I knew that intimately for myself. And now I could see it in a public way. And that started me thinking, okay, well, what about the Reformation then? Was that a church split? And if it was, could it have been legitimate? Is there ever a legitimate church split is, was my thinking. So I went back and began reading Martin Luther in his own words and not in the German, of course, it was translated. But what I discovered there is that Martin Luther had a father wound <laughs> and he did exactly the same things that I had been doing. And now I call myself his little sister because I was exactly this. I was very similar to him in personality and giftedness and all of that. And I saw myself doing exactly what he did. And I saw the fruit on a public level of what can happen if God is not healing those wounds and helping us get over those authority issues. And, and I realized then, first of all, Martin Luther was not very holy, <laughs> no matter what people say about him. And that was not a reformation at all. It was a split and it, it wasn't legitimate. It's never legitimate in that way. He had legitimate arguments. He did. He, he had absolutely legitimate arguments about the church at that time, but he went about the correction of those in the wrong way. And in so doing, he split the church into all these fragments. Of course, he didn't probably necessarily mean to do that, but that, that was the fruit of it. And so then I had to, I went to God and I just said, wow, okay, so surely you're not asking me to be Catholic because I just couldn't, I was raised and even taught myself that Catholics weren't even Christian. I've heard it. Yes. So I, I, ha I thought, oh my gosh, can I even tolerate what the church teaches? You know, so I happened across providentially, of course, I happened across a catechism in a new, in a used book store and I picked it up and I started reading it and I thought, oh my gosh, this is what I have been looking for. The depth of it was just glorious. And when I, the very first theological domino to fall for me was the Eucharist. And when I saw what the Catholic church teaches about the Eucharist, and I knew, I knew what the Bible said about it. I knew the types and antitypes in the scriptures. I knew that that passage in John six could not mean anything else other than what the Catholic church has always taught. And then I started reading the, the early church fathers and I, their words in the earliest days of the church corresponded with the scriptures. And I just thought, oh my gosh, if we got this wrong, and this is so central to a person's faith, Jesus says, if you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you will have eternal life. It was salvific. So if that's the case, and we've missed that, what else have we gotten wrong? And that was really, it was kind of a, a perfect storm. There were a lot of things going on, but that was really the essence of it.
No, Sonia Corbett is joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe. Um, I, I would, I would say this that I, first of all, I think Catholics are much more charitable towards some uh, of let's say evangelical leaders. Yes, I'm not talking about individual even like John MacArthur says things like, you know, Catholics are not my brothers and sisters. <clears throat> Uncharitable beyond belief. I don't care what arguments he makes. Okay, agreed. Catholic Church is extremely charitable when it comes to that. Um, I would say this, I, and, 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 I've, and we're seeing recently, um, there are some more prominent voices in the evangelical movement who are saying what you just said about the Eucharist. There, and, and I think, I think this way, if I ever, and I do, um, because I think what you were talking about, Sonia Corbett, was honesty, being honest with oneself, okay? If you are a Bible-believing Christian, as Catholics are, okay, all right, you must have, you must be honest with yourself. I think to myself, to whom should I go? All right. If I mm -hmm. left the church, if I if I let the corruption and the problems and everything else, when there are, and they have there have been from the beginning. Okay. If I let those things chase me out of the church, where would I go? And then my immediate thought is the Eucharist, is the yes. sacraments. My immediate thought is I'm not there for the men in the church and the leadership. Amen. Okay? They're supposed to be there for me, for you, for mm -hmm. Joe, for all of us. But what I am there for is the sacraments. Amen. That, that's given to us by Christ. All right. Therefore, I will go nowhere. That would be my message to anybody out there. I will go nowhere. Your comment, Sonia. Well, you have to understand, especially down here in the South, I had never even heard the word Eucharist. I had never even heard the word. I had never seen a live priest. I, every year we watched as a family tradition, we watched the sound of music and it wasn't until I came into full communion with the church that I connected the fact that the Von Trapps were Catholic. I had watched that every year of my life. And one, and one day I just went, Oh, they were Catholic. I mean, duh, the nuns and the, you know, but I had never seen a real priest. I had never heard the word Eucharist. I had never heard the word liturgy. I didn't know what it meant. It was all a brand new world. I mean, you talk about rocking the foundations of your entire life. It was monumental. And so I can't stress enough the fact that although they are charitable, or, or uncharitable about Catholics, it's total ignorance. They have no idea about church history. They don't know the writings of the early church fathers. They don't know what the church teaches on this on a subject like the Eucharist. And if you can, in charity, just look past all of that ignorance and engage them on their level in the scriptures, it blows the doors off of everything you've ever believed about your own faith in the best way. Because one of the things that I had prayed for as a non-Catholic, sincerely, I, I was bawling on my porch. I'm like, Lord, there's got to be a way we can be closer. We, we, there has to be a way. And I, I was thinking physically, but not in a weird way. You know, I, I just really wanted somehow that there could be <sighs> a way to be closer to him. And then when he showed me the Eucharist, all I could think is, I can't believe you answered that prayer with this. I mean, it was, it was so shocking in the best, most wonderful way. And so we just have to keep in mind that they don't, most of them have no idea what we live and breathe and, 
and have been taught and what the church teaches, they just don't know. So if you can look past that and gauge them. Uh, and one, one thing I would say, Sonia, is that it, that's why you're on this show. That's why your, your podcast is very popular, not because you're looking for popularity. You're spreading the truth of the Catholic faith and exactly. you're getting it to people who more than likely were just like you. They never and Catholics don't have the time it. no either. No, no, no. Listen, that's why <laughs> Joe and I are here. <laughs> that's right. Um, they don't, you know, they don't Joe, even know. And again, I say we say that in a very charitable way because there are many times in our own past where, uh, particularly me, where I was what we would call uh, uh, ignorant. And we're not talking about 30 years ago either. Talk about as recent as maybe 10 or 12 years ago, where again, had to be honest with myself open up my mind and learn. Sonia Corbett is joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe. We're talking about Bible study evangelista, Joe Restinello. You touched on a lot of things, uh, a couple of which I want to just highlight. You talked about ignorance. Um, Catholics are ignorant too in the Northeast. We don't know our faith the way we should. We haven't been catechized correctly. That's been said time and time again from cardinals down to lay people. Also misconceptions. Um, I've, I'll tell you a little story about that, and I want to explore that as well. Uh, and also wounds. I think all of which are the stool where people don't come into the church. A friend of mine left the church. Um, he was Catholic, and he went to, I think it was a, a church of Nazareth or something like that, you know, in my town. Nice people. So I, I'm, I'm not going to say I went to the Gregorian, but I do know the faith. I'm pretty well read. Um and I'm very like comfortable in discussing it. So I went to the Bible study to, to basically dissolve the misconceptions. And frankly, I did a pretty good job of it. High five to you, But man. But, but awesome. in terms of, um, I, and I made friends, to sure. be honest yeah. with you. I didn't change anybody, but there, come, there came to be respect uh, with each other. And I want to tell you a story about that. Um, there was a gentleman, he was talking about, uh, once saved, always saved. And he was a very good man, a former Catholic. And I said to him, Bill, the Bible, what's in your hand doesn't say that. He's like, yes, it does. I'm like, next week, I'm going to bring in a piece of paper and I'm going to pull from your Bible all the verses that say otherwise. And I did front and back. I slid it across the table. He pushed it away like I had a serpent and was putting it in his lap. It's in the scripture. Why? Now, if we step back and say, why is he doing that? And this is why people have wounds. A good priest said this to me once. You, you mentioned it. You had an authority issue. Many people have issues. I'm married and divorced, and the church doesn't recognize my marriage. I had an abortion, and I can't say the words that I had an abortion, I terminated the life of a child, and I will not go to confession. We can go on and on and on. And what it is, is there is a wound under all the excuses. Yep. And people, you were honest with yourself, and I commend you to it, because a lot of people, you're admitting something. I had a wound, and I brought it to the divine physician. I brought it to confession. You see, most people, the three things I mentioned, ignorance, misconceptions, and wounds, that takes humility. And a lot of people will not go there. Talk about that, because that's that's I have seven years ago into that Bible study, and I got to know these guys who's divorced, who lost their wife and is probably mad at God. Like we can go on and on and on and on. 
but there's something under those excuses. Always. And a lot of and people won't be honest. Thing. Yeah. So when people say that, you know, once saved, always saved, I always ask them, then why are you here? If you, if once you say that prayer, you're saved forever, then why are you here? And why do you continue to suffer? Why does anyone suffer? Well, the scriptures tell us plainly that in part, it's, it's a penance. But more than that, it's the Holy Spirit's way of healing us of our wounds if we'll cooperate with him. So I teach a lot on what I call pop quizzes because that suffering is purgatory. It's sanctification. It's the word sanctification in the scriptures, purgatory in Latin for us, but it's the same process and it's meant to occur here. And it's meant to occur through the sufferings that the Holy Spirit allows us to experience and they have a pattern if you notice your suffering will have a pattern and that pattern indicates the root of the wound and the woundedness is what causes all of our sin our self-medication our habits of sin all of that stuff is it comes from woundedness so i always ask people look at your quote, pop quizzes, a pop quiz. It's not a pass or fail. It's a, a place. It's, it's a circumstance or a relationship that provokes a lot of emotion and it's out of proportion to the actual circumstance or the event that happens. And you, you get this out of proportion emotion and you, you automatically are upset at the offender and our attention goes to them. But the Holy Spirit, and uh, particularly in uh, Matthew chapter five, Jesus tells us, don't judge, look at yourself, look at yourself, take the beam out of your eye, and then you can judge properly. So what he's saying then is when, when someone brings an offense against you, there's always a message for you about your woundedness in that. We have such strong reactions to other people because they are telling us something about ourselves and our woundedness. So those pop quizzes then, if you look back over your life, they have a pattern. Everything in the world in creation repeats in patterns and so does human behavior. And that goes back to the root of the wound. So when people say, once saved, always saved, I ask them, then why do you continue to suffer? You're here, you continue to suffer through these relationships and circumstances because the Holy Spirit is attempting to purify you of your woundedness. If Jesus paid it all at the moment you prayed that prayer, then there should be no more suffering. And since there is, that should tell you something about why you're here. So Jesus did pay the eternal debt that we can never pay, but he can't, he did not pay the temporal debt that we owe God for our sin. One sin against an eternal God demands an eternal sacrifice, an eternal atonement. And we can't make that. Jesus had to pay that, but the rest of it, he leaves for us through grace and the sacraments for us Catholics. He leaves that for us so that we can be purified and made holy because God said, be holy as I am holy. That's not negotiable. You don't get into heaven if you're not holy. So that process of sanctification that a non-Catholic sees as elective, it's not elective. That's why you're here. <laughs> That's why you suffer. <laughs> That's why your suffering has a pattern. So the woundedness is the number one issue with the Holy Spirit woundedness is the number one issue it is why we're here because it is the issue of sanctification the holy spirit is using 
the, the difficult circumstances in our lives, while the enemy uses them to discourage us and make us quit, the Holy Spirit is using the exact same circumstance to pull the wound to the surface through all of that ugly emotion to get us to go, what the hell is wrong with me? And when we ask that question, immediately he steps in. That's exactly what happened with me. The answer to that for me is a lot, Sonia, <laughs> a lot. <laughs> well, I know, I know I'm cute, but I had a rage problem. I mean, not just anger, I had a rage problem. And that was the first thing God, can, he, he dealt with me on that issue. First thing, as soon as I started getting in the scriptures on a daily basis, he said to me, as a dog returns to his vomit, so a fool repeats his folly, Proverbs 26, 11. And I was like, Oh my gosh, that's me, Lord. I'm going back to this anger vomit over and over and over again. Why am I doing this? I thought it's because I was Italian and I'm really passionate. I thought I couldn't control it. And he said, no, no, be angry and sin not. Meditate on your bed and be silent. Offer the sacrifice of righteousness and put your trust in God. Psalm 4, 4, he gave me a stop tool there. You want to you laugh about that? I could remember my church growing up there was an issue about receiving on the tongue and I was furious and the priest actually basically sided with the person who was against that. I walked out of the church. I was furious. I used to go to mass before uh, I went to work. There was a man who I knew who lived in a boarding house near the church. And we used to talk at, you know, in the morning sometimes. And he told me that Psalm, he wasn't even Catholic. And he said, Psalm, like, I don't recall the, the verse, but you noted the, the words. I looked it up. In your anger, do not sin. A homeless man told me that at the train. Yeah, that was, was Jesus, by, by the that. way. I was like, well, well I'm just telling you, that's a God's honest truth. That's a God's honest truth. Let's, uh, let, let, uh, real quick, I want to get to, or at least start a question before we go to the break, because we only have a couple minutes. And if you're just joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe, we're being joined by Sonia Corbett, Bible study evangelist. I can't get over how, how cool that name is. It's just, it's just cool. I, mean, I just want to tell everybody about Bible study evangelista after I tell them about the front line with Joe and Joe, no offense, Sonia. Um, no. Joe, uh, mentioned in his prior question about, um, misconceptions. Okay. So let's let's talk about a big one, okay? Mary, all right, mm. Our Lady, Our Mother, okay. Um, how important is uh, is our mama, as we would say in Italian? We're all Italians here, all right. How important is our mama to our spirituality? Um, and was that difficult for you to uh, to basically embrace, you know, uh, Marianology uh, before you came into the Catholic Church? It was the number one issue that almost prevented me from coming in. Wow. Yeah, so she is, you know, she's the mediatrix. So the all of the graces come through her by virtue of her giving us Christ, which I know for non-Catholics is a total stumbling block because it was for me. I knew all of the, the doctrine with my head. I understood it, but I, I just could not get over that hump. I didn't think as a non-Catholic as I was coming into the church, but I had someone challenge me this way. She said, Sonia, either the church has the authority to teach you or she doesn't. And by that time, I understood that the church did have the authority to, to teach me by virtue of the, the ancientness and the, the fact that she is Jesus's church. And so I, 
I didn't understand it in my heart. I did with my head. And so I was able to assent enough to at least lay that kind of on the back burner and know that God would bring me that understanding. And so I came into the Catholic church with that issue mostly unresolved in my heart. I had it in my head, but not in my heart. So very, very difficult for a non-Catholic. You know, it's funny, a friend of mine who left the church as well, I went to a, a Catholic college, um, smart guy too. Uh, we used to take the train together and he challenged me on that. He said, if Mary uh, was a human, she needed to be saved and therefore she needed to be baptized basically because she had to be saved. And I actually didn't have a response to that. Like, like you know, she had to die, you know, because she was a sinner. And in terms of like putting it together and what I read, and I'm interested in your, both your thoughts, if God could save us through baptism, he could save her without it. Like God prevented, he, like God could do anything. He's not measured in like, like anything. And he basically spared her from sin because he could do anything. And like, there's, there's a, a theological explanation to it, but basically that was the thought behind it. I uh, want to pick that Joe Rasinello. I want to pick that up. I want Sonia's response to that. I'm very interested in what she has to say, but unfortunately it's radio. So after the break, okay. Uh, you're joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe, Joe Pasillo, Joe Rasinello. We are way in the breach with Sonia Corbett, Bible study evangelist. I'm going to say it again. I just, lo I just love it. Where can people uh, follow you and learn more about what you got going on, Sonia? Bible study evangelista.com. Everything's there. Okay. And the, hey, if you heard it, Bible study evangelista.com. Stick around. We have another great segment with Sonia Corbett at the front line with Joe and Joe on, on the Veritas Catholic Radio Network, 1350 on your AM dial, 103.9 on your FM dial, spreading the truth of the Catholic faith. Um, and uh, Sonia, you're. Um, but your show is available for podcast all, or download also, am I right? Yep, all of that is also on my website. I, I have a podcast series going almost all the time. We, we're just wrapping up Spiritual Gifts and we're about to go in to how God uses our vocation to heal us. So that is in, that's on my website as well, BibleStudyEvangelista.com. So everybody who's listening to us, you got to download two things. You got to download the Veritas Catholic Radio Network mobile app, and you have to download BibleEvangelista.com. So stick around. We have another great segment with Sonia Corbett. We'll be right back. Hey, listen to all five of our original Veritas shows. Every Wednesday at noon, you can catch Let Me Be Frank, where Bishop Frank Caggiano talks about spirituality, church news, and fun stories from his Brooklyn childhood and his life. You can hear The Frontline with Joe and Joe every Tuesday and Thursday at noon. Their guests include the biggest names in the Catholic world, and Joe and Joe talks to them from the perspective of the everyday Catholic. Thursday nights at 8 o'clock, tune in for the only late-night talk show on Catholic media anywhere. It's Not That Late with Liv Harrison. And at noon on Friday is Restless. It's four millennials talking about, well, life as millennials in today's crazy world. Yes, it's possible to be young and Catholic. Right after that, at 12.30, you can hear the focus on Veritas, where we put the focus on good works and the good people doing those works. Those are the five Veritas shows, and there's more on the way. Stay up to date at VeritasCatholic.com or on the mobile app.
Welcome back, everyone, to the front line with Joe and Joe, Joe Pasillo and Joe Racinello. And we are way in the breach on the Veritas Catholic Radio Network with Sonia Corbett, Bible study evangelista. So, Sonia, we left off, we were talking about Mary. So, if you want to continue, we're really interested in what you have to say about that. Well, okay, so. Oh my goodness, Mary. <laughs> so I went to a Lenten penance service and my bishop was there. I went to confession to my bishop as I came in after I came in, into the church. And he looked at me and he said, The measure of your Catholicism is proportional to the measure of your relationship to Mary. And I just, I mean, I have a father wound. Okay. And when he said that, I was, I said, that is not what I'm here for. That has nothing to do with what I just said. Now, I didn't say that to him, but that's what I was thinking. And I left that confessional irritated because I went through a whole lot of BS to come into the Catholic church. A lot. I lost, I thought I was going to even end up divorced. I lost everything. And for him to say that to me, I thought I did not do all that to be half a Catholic. And it, it irritated me that he would imply that I was a half a Catholic, you know, and I, I don't know, even know what I said that prompted him to do that. Probably the Holy Spirit, honestly, because I left there. It was one of those things that stuck and I, I didn't know what else to do. I, I thought, you know, clearly I'm missing something important and I didn't know what else to do. So I just went straight to her and I said, look, I think this is so weird. I think it's weird the attention everybody gives you. I think it's weird the elevation that you just, it was the whole thing is just so weird to me, but clearly I'm missing something. So if you will teach me, I will learn. Please tell me what you want me to know about you. What do you, Mary, want me, Sonia, to know about you? And all I can say to that is, <laughs> she truly is our mother. She truly is. She taught me two things. The first thing blew my mind. Nobody loves the scriptures the way Mary does. Nobody. She loves the word more than anyone who has ever lived. The word is a person, but she loves the scriptures too. I would have never imagined that. We don't imagine Mary walking around with a Bible, right? And of course she didn't. But when she opened her mouth in the scriptures to praise God in that Magnificat, what came out of her was scripture. And I realized because she didn't have a, a physical copy of the scriptures, she had that stuff memorized. It was part of who she was. And it came out of her in praise of God. And what I realized right then as I meditated and and prayed over and studied the Magnificat was Mary wants me to know that she understands my love for the scriptures and she wanted to connect with me in the one place besides my marriage and family that means the most to me which is the bible and i was blown away by that i was like she wants to be my friend <laughs> and i couldn't i couldn't understand why you know but but that was the first thing she showed me about herself her love for the scriptures and it still blows me away and then she sort of gave me an outline of how she prays she showed me through the joyful mysteries of the rosary how she prays and how the scriptures figure into that and how we're supposed to pray like her because mary mary 
prays in a way with the the word of God through the angel Gabriel, she prays in a way that incarnates the word. And that's what she wants for each of us through the scriptures. Now, we're not going to do it the way she did it, obviously, but she wants it to become so much a part of who we are that when we open our mouths, we're imparting Jesus to other people through the things that we have learned and acclimated within ourselves in the readings of the, the church every single day. That's what she wants. And that's why that's what she sent me to do. She sent me to tell everybody you need to be in the scriptures every single day. And this is how you do it. Thank you for that, Sonia. I'm going to hand it over to Joe. We're going to continue the conversation with Sonia Corbett here at the front line with Joe and Joe. I will tell you this though. One thing that makes me angry um, is sometimes, see, if you want to disagree with the Catholic church's view on Mary, I, I mean, if you have, if you're open-minded, many, many people are to, to talking about Mary, her role in not just the life of Jesus Christ, but our lives. Okay. We could do that. Sometimes, non-Catholic Christians are outright disrespectful, not to us, okay, but I'm to, 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 to Mary herself mm -hmm. and the words they use. And, and my view is always the same. You will have to stand before Christ and answer for those words because at the end of the day, whether we're right or you're right, that's his mama. That's his that mama. you're talking about, all right? And, and, and if you believe in Jesus, you're going to have to say, Jesus might say to you, what did you say about my mother? Like we used to do in the schoolyard. My mother's what? What did you say about my mom? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but seriously, sometimes it's outright disrespectful. I would encourage our evangelical brothers and sisters out there, um, and you are brothers and sisters, okay? Um, you know, if you have a disagreement, disagree. We could talk. As Sonia said, as Joe said, we could back up what we believe. We could def give a defense for what we believe, okay? Uh, but don't be disrespectful, particularly to the mother of God. Joe Racinello. Well, you said something that caught you know my attention. I think it has to be highlighted because I think it's the key to a lot of um, our growth. Is you came to uh, basically a crossroad and you said, "Help me." You see, God comes to us and does the most for us when we say that. See, we won't. We don't like to say that. People in general, and if you're Italian from New Jersey, you really don't like <laughs> to say that. But that's when you grow. You see, we grow when we come to the end of ourselves. And then God says, now we begin. You see, that's when we grow. And it stems back to Mary. She was perfectly humble and submissive to the will of God. No one who has ever walked the earth outside of Christ, but he was not born of a man and a woman, has ever been so submissive to the will of God, which requires humility. And we all lack it. You see, talk about coming to the end. Once again, this is going to wounds. We must be honest with ourselves. If we're honest with ourselves, oh, yes, you will find God and you will find him in the Catholic Church. There is no question about that. We just don't want to be honest with ourselves. Well, I would say to that, if everything's fine, why is your life in a mess? There you go. If everything is fine, why is your life in a mess? Why are your relationships in a mess? Why are you addicted? Why are you lost? Why are you anxious? Why are you depressed? Why are you experiencing all of this upheaval in your life when God has said, I, my peace, I give you my peace, I leave you. Why is that happening? If you've got all your 
stuff together. And people know them by their fruits. That's right. All the time. I say that all the time. And I'll tell you this. That is how life is a marathon. And I've seen this, Sonia. I'm going to tell you right now. I've been walking with the Lord for three decades. And I have seen people who have said things about me. And I'll be honest with you. I outlasted them all. I outlasted them all. It's a marathon. You know them by their fruits. Yo, well, that's real quick, actually I the wanna... best verse to use about Mary. You will know them by their fruit. The fruit of Mary is Jesus. There it is. And she <laughs> had to be pure because something who is which is pure cannot come from something that is unpure. That's right. But I want to I want Sonia to, to, to comment on something, a thought that just came through my mind at the front line with Joe and Joe. Some people might listen to say, wow, listen to you holy rollers over there thinking life is just grand and blah, blah, blah. Talk about the difference, Sonia, between not because remember something, we're all going to we're all going to suffer. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you have a billion dollars in the bank or you got a couple pennies, okay? Um, you're, everybody's going to suffer to one degree or another. But, 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 but talk about the difference between the Catholic view of, let's say, dealing with suffering and problems and, but still bearing good fruit and, you know, struggling through it with God's grace and, 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 and approaching life in that way um, as opposed to bad fruit and, and, and having a life that's just chaotic. There, there, there is a difference here. We're not suggesting, and we want people to know this, that life is just grand and everything just goes great. But we, 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 you, when, you, you know, let's say when you're Catholic, um, but you know where I'm going with that? So I, do, lately. I do, and I think, so the non-Catholic view of suffering is typically that you suffer because of sin. The Catholic view of suffering is that it can be redemptive and we can offer it in union with Jesus's suffering for the redemption of our own souls and those of other people. If we could combine those two things, <laughs> and that's what I try to do is, is show people how those two things fit together. Because the truth is Catholics resign themselves to suffering in places and, and in ways that they shouldn't. Jesus most suffering, especially physical suffering, but suffering in general, it's meant to purify us. It's not, we shouldn't just offer it up because if we just offer it up, then we're not cooperating with the purpose for which the Holy Spirit allows these things in our lives. He allows them in order to purify us and grow us and sanctify us. Non-Catholics don't see that usually. Catholics, they understand that they, they can offer up their suffering and that it has a purpose, but they don't realize it's for them. <laughs> the purpose ultimately to begin with is for your redemption and your purification. And then like Mother Teresa, then you can offer it for other people. But to begin with, the suffering that, that the Holy Spirit allows in our lives is meant to purify us. So that means if we cooperate with that suffering and, and discern the pattern with the Holy Spirit in it, and he heals us of our woundedness, then we can go on to pass along that knowledge that we've learned and the, the healing that, path that we have learned to other people. And that in turn helps other people heal. So that's how the suffering works to heal us and then other people. But we're not meant to suffer just for the sake of it. That's my point. Well, then and, you're a masochist, to be honest. Right. With you. Yes. Right. right. 
Right. Yes. And I think that Catholics, a lot of times resign our, we resign ourselves to suffering like, oh, it's just part of it. But a lot of times it's our own fault and we don't realize it. We don't. Well, that's, I want to comment on that because you're right. You're right. And I think it comes down to this. We don't know ourselves. Exactly. God does. Is <laughs> like, And God presents us with things to reveal them, to come to the surface, to address them. Because I think the missing link here is this. You don't get into heaven until you're perfect. The beatific vision, this is a Catholic teaching. You either make it happen here or you sweat it out in purgatory you're not getting in until you are perfect. And God gives us the chance here. He gives us things. I'll give myself as an example. I have five kids under eight. I'm learning patience the hard way, Sonia. I'm learning patience the hard way. I'm learning sacrifice the hard way in ways I didn't know existed. Mm. And God knows us better than we do and what you said is spot on we must cooperate with him joe Resinello, uh i, I want to pick up that in a second sonia corbett is joining us here at the front line with joe and joe joe Pasolo and joe Resinello. we are way in the breach on the veritas catholic radio network um sonia corbett is the bible study evangelista and you could download her podcast. You can find her at Evangelista Bible Study on Catholic Catholic TV and the Bible Study Evangelista Show um, on radio and podcast. Um, let's um, – well, Sonia, did you have a comment on what Joe just uh, mentioned or um, – well, probably. I always have a comment. <laughs> I love it. That's why you have a podcast that has a million <laughs> downloads. Um, well, actually, you know what? We, we have limited time, and we want to get to a few other things. Um, so let me ask you this. Um, what is Love the Word? What is Love the Word tutorials? This is something that you offer. And again, I, I, you know, one of the things, Sonia, that, that Joe and I love about what we do is that we feel like we're a part and we know that we're a part of something that's much bigger. We, we don't just say we're spreading the truth of the Catholic faith. We are. That's what you're doing, okay? Um, and we are part of God's plan because we're trying to evangelize what right now seems to be our godless culture. What's Love the Word tutorials? What's that all about? So Love the Word is the method that Mary showed me for how she prays. If you look in Luke chapter 1, which our joyful mysteries of the rosary are based on, what we see there is... Mary's method of prayer, L-O-V-E. She listens to the word of God through the angel Gabriel. She observes her relationships and circumstances, and she verbalizes back to God in the Magnificat what she believes that she's hearing from him, and then E, she entrusts it all back to him. May it be done to me according to your word. It is shocking how many times I start that verse May it be done to me according to your, and I let that just sort of hang out in the air and people say will, but that's not what the Bible says. It says word. So how are we going to know what God wants to do in us, in our families, in our relationships, in our culture, in our parishes, in our church, in our world, if we are not listening to his voice in his word every single day through the readings of the church. So Mary shows us her method of prayer. She listens, she observes, she verbalizes, she entrusts. So we listen first. We don't talk first. 
We listen first and we listen by reading the readings of the church every single day. People say, God never speaks to me. And I say to them, he speaks to you every single day in the readings of the church. You are just not listening. You're right. The readings of the church every day are for every single Christian and you will get something different for your relationships and circumstances. I will get something for my relationships and circumstances. And we're all reading the same readings. That is unity right there. And Mary shows us how to fruitfully pray with the scriptures every day in a way that will incarnate them in our lives for ourselves and for the people that we love. Thank God also that, speaks to us through our life. Like someone who wasn't even like a practicing Catholic said, the greatest tool teacher is life itself. Mm. Are we responding? You see, God, again, sees us and loves us. Are we responding to him? Well, the and miracle, I think, is that the, the scriptures are responding to our circumstances. They're responding many to the scriptures times. themselves. The Holy Spirit is responding to what we're experiencing in our lives every day and vice versa. He wants our cooperation and he speaks to us there so that we know that he sees us. He, we know that he loves us. We know that he's working. When we're reading those readings every day and we're hearing his voice and we see how that reading applies to the issues that we're facing every single day, that is a miracle and it will set your faith on fire. And that is what he's looking for from us. I think I, I think we because part of what we're talking about is obviously honesty, being honest with oneself. That's one of the things I, I've been, you know, for the last 10 or 15 years, I think about the Bible. The reason why people embrace it is because they 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 look at it the way you just said, Sonia Corbett, um, and they're honest with themselves and they find in Scripture um, you know, themselves, the they see themselves in those characters. And yeah. we're all di different characters in scripture at one point or another in our lives. Okay. But I think that's also why people hate the Bible. I think that's why a lot <laughs> of people in the world hate the Bible is because again, they know honestly, oh, that's a bad guy. Yeah. But I'm kind of like that guy, you know, but let's move on a little bit. We don't, we don't want to get in too much trouble here. Sonia Corbett joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe. Um, one of the topics that you give in talks around the country is uh, Beloved, Song of Songs in Thomas Aquinas and Edith Stein. Okay, so uh, Joe, uh, you know, mentioned this uh, to me and, and put it as one of the questions we wanted to talk to you about, particularly mentioning Edith Stein. A lot of people do not know who she is, oh, and she fabulous. is... A modern saint, you know, we always say, you know, we don't have to go, we could, we could go back 2000 years and find plenty of saints and throughout 2000 years, but Edith, Edith Stein lived very, lived and died, uh, tragically, but very recently, uh, why is she, who is she and why is she special to you? She's special to me in part because she's Carmelite, but also because her, she, her philosophical mind is so brilliant <laughs> and it's so feminine and it's feminine in a strong way without being damaging. And she invited me to see Mary, actually, and then myself in the way that John Paul II presented. He said that, that man, humanity was given to woman. And because of that, I, I tell women all the time, because that's true, we have to go first in our relationships. You want him to go first because he's supposed to love and cherish you according to the scriptures. But we have to go first in humility. We have to let 
you have, ladies, you have to let your men be men. Stop criticizing. Stop emasculating. Stop undermining. Let them be who God made them to be. Be who God made you to be. And when you are who God made you to be, and you are in the proper authority of the structure that God has laid out for your family, then he will automatically step, step up because God has made him to be man. And so when we women have it right, as far as the, the hierarchy, the proper hierarchy, when we have that right, then the men can be who the men are supposed to be, and we can be who we're supposed to be. And Edith Stein was one of the main people who showed me that through Genesis, especially, but also through the writings of, of uh, John Paul II, and then, of course, uh, John of the Cross and the Song of Solomon. That love relationship, that love relationship we see in that song, boy, I wish I had more time to even go into that, but that's the essence of the purgatory that we've been talking about, how God uses our circumstances and our relationships with one another, men and women, to help grow us out of that woundedness. It was my husband who hurt me the worst and hurt me the, deep, the deepest in that father wound, but it was also him who healed me because of that. The Holy Spirit used my husband and my vocation to marriage and the, the fire of that love, God's love for me and him in our marriage to help sanctify me of that ugly, ugly wound. The pain of that anger and rage that I had and also that authority wound, but it was through God's love. And so that fire, the Bible says in Hebrews 12, 29, that our God is a consuming fire. That fire, Thomas Aquinas says, is the love of God. And he also says in his Summa, and he quotes Gregory of Nyssa, that the fire of hell and the fire of purgatory and the the bliss of beatitude are all the same fire of God's love. It is God's love that purifies us. So when we're experiencing suffering and the fire of that suffering, if we cooperate with it, it is purifying. And that is God's love at work on the soul and in the soul through the relationships that we have when we get in the proper structure and hierarchy that God has laid out for us. So Edith Stein helped me understand so and see that. So Sonia Corbett, you know, talk like what you just said about about husbands, wives, men, women. That'll get you banned from YouTube nowadays. I know so, it. It'll get you stoned too. But like I said, that's why you're here because we're going to get in trouble at the front line with Joe and Joe, Joe Pasola, <laughs> Joe Rosinello, being joined by Sonia Corbett. Joe, we probably have a time for one or two more questions. So where do you want to go? I'm a big fan of Edith Stein too. There was a good movie you probably saw it. Uh, it's fairly modern on EWTN. Her life. She was a person of deep humility, um, deep. We have a mutual friend, Teresa Tomio. She's a big fan of Teresa of Avila. It was a book that she read that basically brought her to Christ. That's right. Amazing human. <clears throat> and she's also the uh, a co-patroness of Europe. I mean, an amazing, amazing saint. Saints point the way, unquestionably, unquestionably. Um, you talk about wounds and because and, 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 it's so true. And I want to tell you my big wheel story. When I was a kid, I would ride a big wheel and I would hurt my knee and my wife, my wife, my mother. Uh, that, that's uh, interesting. Uh, <laughs> that was Freudian. But um, my mother would come out on the street and she'd say and I'd be crying and I would cover my knee with my hands and she would she'd, she'd say, what's wrong? And I didn't want to show her. So she'd open my hands and she'd see the wound and she'd help it. Well, our mother is the church and we all have wounds. 
there's no one who does not have wounds. And we solve our wounds by going to our church, our mother. And in that, we go to confession. And in confession, two things occur. We're forgiven. God forgets immediately. I went to confession yesterday at St. Patrick's Cathedral. I felt wonderful this morning. Wonderful. But he also gives us grace to overcome our wounds. That's not discussed a lot. You see, to be Catholic, and this is something I think our Protestant brothers and sisters are missing, we must grow in virtue. If you stand still, you fall behind. You have to keep growing in virtue. You do that by frequent confession, by addressing the sins we continue to fall upon. I, I admitted my patience, like, runs thin at 10 o'clock at night when my kids have to brush their teeth, and I sometimes say things I shouldn't say. <laughs> And we confess them. And little by little, God gives us his grace to overcome our wounds. Talk about that, because this is something our Protestant brothers and sisters, and I say this in all charity and love, you're missing out. How yeah, good definitely. I feel when I go to confession. So much so I go sometimes twice a month. I feel good and I'm happy. Sonia, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I think it's interesting to me, looking back on my journey of faith, it's interesting to me how far God brought me with just the scriptures. But there was a point at which I could not go any further without the church. And I know that now, looking back on it, because what happened when I, when I came into the Catholic Church and I into full communion, I, I began to receive the sacraments. What happened there is that suddenly it was a, there was an infusion of power through the sacraments, especially the Eucharist, because that Eucharist nurtures charity, which is treating people other, better than they deserve, treating people better than they deserve when it's in their best interest to do so. That is exactly what the Eucharist does. It, it nurtures that charity. So it helps oil the gears between us and the other people that we deal with. And it, without those sacraments, we don't have that, that oil to help smooth things out, both in ourselves and in our relationships. So yes, we do miss out when, and that was a huge deficit. That's what I always ask non-Catholics. What about the Eucharist? Don't you wanna be closer? Don't you want to receive him like literally? Did you know you can? And so to kind of push it back to where we begin, to that Eucharist, to the sacraments there, those sacraments give us the oil for the gears, and we have to have it. If we didn't have to have it, if they weren't necessary, Jesus would not have given them to us. So it is, it is necessary that we, and, and confession has, it has to be part of the, the equation, or we will never overcome our woundedness and the self-medication that comes out of those. We must frequent the sacraments, especially that confession. I go at least, I, I, I'm there almost every week. That's so, good. I mean, I, that's it. something the church, I think, has to go back to. Like, confession is like 15 minutes on Saturday in some churches. You're like, really? I, 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 there was only one immaculate conception. Everyone here is perfect going up to receive the Eucharist. <laughs> well, I think, I think our, uh, the stuff going on in the world is pushing people back. Uh, amen. I hope so. 
I well, obviously, so. God is obviously God is going to draw the draw the greatest good out of even this this mess that the world is in right now, and that's that's a topic for another that's a topic for another show. And uh, Sonia Corbett, we're we're so happy to have met you, um, and Black we feel class. like you're going to be you're going to be a friend of the show, Amen. and we know you're going to be back on the show, whether here at the Veritas Catholic Network or on our social media. Speaking of uh, social media and podcasts and downloading, so let our audience know one more time where they could find you and and what you have going on. All right. So on my website, BibleStudyEvangelista.com, all of my series for podcasts are there. I've done one on anger. I did one on the father wound. I did one on spiritual gifts. I've done them on the sacraments. I'm getting ready to start one on the vocation of marriage. All of those series are there on my site. And then I have uh, healing pil pilgrimages coming up, one to the Holy Land, one to Medjugorje. Uh, I have one-on-one -on -one consultations that I actually do with people too in healing in that area. Um, the television shows, I've got one with Catholic TV, one with Shalom Media. Uh, all of that stuff is located there on my website, and you can just explore as your heart um, as your heart leads. So BibleStudyEvangelista.com, and we have a community page there as well. I have basically left social media. I got kicked off, so <laughs> so I have my own little community. Well, um, good. This way we, we have our own, we have our own secure lines of communication. You know, Amen. so we're not relying on big tech. Sonia Corbett, thank you so much for joining us here at the front line with Joe and Joe. We want to thank you all out there for listening to us on the Veritas Catholic Radio Network, thirteen fifty on your AM dial, one hundred three point nine on your FM dial, spreading the truth of the Catholic faith to the New York City metropolitan area. I mentioned downloading, download our app, Veritas Catholic. Radio Network mobile app, and more importantly, share it with your friends. And finally, follow Joe and I, if you don't mind, on social media, at least for now. We're stuck on YouTube, but, you know, we'll use them. Uh, the Frontline TV, the Frontline TV on YouTube, or the Frontline with Joe and Joe uh, on YouTube also. And remember, until the next time, that our conversation is your conversation, and that conversation is going on everywhere. We'll talk to you soon.